Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Hey folks, nice to be with you here once again on Private Club Radio and a very special guest coming on. This week we've got Tom Wallace of Copland, Keebler and Wallace who's going to talk to us about what boards are looking for in their next GM COO, as well as what the general managers out there right now are looking for in their next employer. We talk about how important cultural fit is and a number of other topics that you're going to enjoy. So stay tuned for that one. Now, I want to make an announcement. A listener of our show reached out to me asking for the Private Club Radio community help. And I'm hoping that you or someone you know may be able to lend a hand. So the gentleman's name is Chuck Meitner, and he reached out to me on LinkedIn. He is doing a doctoral thesis with a really intriguing subject. His dissertation is exploring the difference between member equity-owned clubs and clubs that are privately held. And he's researching whether the psychological ownership of the club affects membership satisfaction and loyalty. I've got my own opinions on that. I belong to a club that I am not an equity member and I happen to love it. (laughs) But um, there are definitely some pros and cons, obviously, and he's looking to explore those differences. And so as a community, I'm just asking if anyone out there can lend a hand on this survey. You'll have to give the survey to a number of your members at your club. But if you can lend a hand, whichever side of the spectrum you fall, whether you're a privately held club or a member equity owned club, if you could help, then you could shoot him an email. His email is fmeitner, spelled M-E-I-T-N-E-R, at iastate.edu. And he would be really grateful for that. And I'd be grateful too, because I'm just interested in the results of that survey. I'm looking forward to hearing what comes back because I am curious as a cat. (laughs) All right. Well, I also want to talk to you about the ABCs of Plutonium Private Club Leadership. We've had our third print run now run out. We are sold out, Michael Crandall and myself. uh, Really proud of the book, and it's really exciting to see all the clubs that are adopting the Plutonium style of leadership. This is a leadership book if you are looking to become a better leader or if you're looking to train leaders in your own organization, it's a book that you'll want to read. And we got a really nice kudos from Robert Strecci over at Medina this week who ordered 12 books actually for his leadership team. And that was super cool of Robert. He was a contributor along with 15 other of the top experts in our industry contributing to the book. So if you haven't, haven't checked it out yet, we've got two free chapters for you absolutely free. Go over to plutonium.club. That's the website, plutonium.club, not .com, but .club. And you can download two free chapters. Check the book out. That's all I'm asking. We don't even require an email to do that. You can just go over there and download the PDF. And I think you'll enjoy it. And if you do share it with a friend, that would really help us out. All right. Well, without further ado, we are going to bring on our featured guest for today. Well, my next guest is Tom Wallace, partner over at Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. In 2014, Tom Wallace joined 
Copland and Keebler, the most respected name in private club executive search and consulting as their newest executive. Tom is primarily focused on general manager, COO, director of golf and golf course superintendent searches, as well as operation assessments, team building, leadership development, and general consulting. Tom, welcome to Private Club Radio. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy that your last name wasn't King or Kennedy, by the way, because that would have been a pretty awkward... uh... Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, it works out again. (laughs) That's fantastic. So um, we we heard a little bit about your background, but did you start off as a club manager yourself? What what was your beginnings in the industry? I'd love to hear. Yeah, I started... uh, at the country club in Cleveland, shining shoes in when I was 14 and kind of worked my way through the industry. I was lucky enough to have Dan miles another well-respected manager kind of take me under his wing uh, while he was at country and get me started on a management path. So really everything under the, under the clubhouse roof I did up through being becoming uh, an assistant general manager and then the interim general manager there before I, moved on to Oakmont to take the GM job there. Oh, I didn't know you were over at Oakmont. What was that like? That That's an amazing club. Yeah, incredible club. Just a, a special, special place with uh, incredible, incredibly special membership and uh, one of the greatest teams uh, I've ever been around. So, yeah, a place I, I, I think about often. Certainly, country is a special place to me because I grew up there and the people that took me under their wing and helped me and I think Oakmont, uh, a lot of us, a lot of my team and myself came of age there and we accomplished a tremendous amount. And at my time at Mediterra, I think what I'm most proud of there is that the team that when I joined the firm, the team I, I put together was left behind and they're still there and have continued to elevate the club and move it forward. Uh, that's fantastic. So what we were going to talk about today on the show is really what boards are looking for in their next GM COO position. And obviously with the experience you've got, Tom, uh, you're in a fantastic place to talk about that. Plus what you guys are doing all across the country with your manager placements. So um, I'd love for you to just give us a little overview of in general what people are looking for in their next GM. Yeah, one of the things we do is we really get to know the club and specifically what are the, you know, the core skills, attributes and values they're looking for in their new manager. And we, we, we get that information from the board members, the search committee and the department heads. And there's usually pretty good consistency around the things that, you know, every great manager needs to have the blocking and tackling. They need to be able to deal with members and boards. They need to be very strong on HR and understanding the whole realm of HR, it's, not, it's changed so much now. It's not just about making sure everybody signs their paperwork and uh, gets paid on time. It's really about managing human capital and how do you get the best people and keep them. That's something that we've seen over the last five or six years really grow. The, the staff and the board really want somebody that understands how to go out and attract the very best and keep them and develop them uh, you know, young, great young hospitality folks want to go work for someone uh, that can develop them and get them out into the workforce as a manager and assistant manager. Uh, so that mentor, mentoring and educating and developing has become a big, big skill set that um, everybody's looking for. Yeah, I've heard a lot of talk about really one of the biggest issues facing the industry is lack of talent. Are you seeing that out there right now? Oh, absolutely. I, I think. I, I think it's 
it's going to turn into one of these things. I, I look at my Cleveland Cavaliers and they're, they're talking less about going out and signing superstar free agents and talking more about developing uh, through their young talents. I think that's what you're going to have to do, see in the club industry from now on. You're going to have to attract the best talents you can and really develop them. Uh, and the good news is I think millennials that are coming out of hospitality schools are less interested in the club name now more than ever and are now more interested in who the leader is and what they can take from that leader over a three, four year period and uh, where, you know, what path they can help create for them themselves and what that leader can help them create as well. So yes, I think you're going to see a big shift from going out and trying to hire the very best. That's always going to be something we're doing, but I think you're going to see a shift to development more than anything. Yeah. Well said. I got to imagine that uh, a cultural fit is going to be really important to boards as well. Would you say that's the case? Oh, absolutely. I think that's the, the, the key. Like I said, the blocking and tackling, we can get you 100 managers that know how to do the basic skills. It's the cultural fit, you know, the personality of the club and the personality of that manager and their leadership style and, and does it fit. And, and the other key parts of that, I believe, is they, they're looking for visionaries. They're looking, they're now really starting to realize the boards and the search committees that the expert on staff is the general manager. And as boards try to focus more on strategy, uh, they really need a thought partner in that boardroom to help them understand what's going on in the industry, what, what are the challenges, and uh, they're allowing the board, uh, the board is now allowing the general manager not to be just the person who takes down the tasks that need to be accomplished, but to really set the goals and, you know, set the path for the club. So they're really, they really want a visionary. They want a thought partner. They want someone that's self-aware enough to ask for help. There's a lot of talented people on club boards, uh, smart, successful people. Uh, I think great general managers know how to, to leverage uh, those skills of the board members and committee members to just continue to help the club become better. Right. So if you're a manager out there thinking of, you know, or you're looking for a, a position and, you know, looking at specific clubs and looking at their cultures, how do you go about figuring out what you need to do to show that board that you could be a cultural fit? What should they be doing? Well, one of the things we do is we put together a questionnaire for candidates that are very specific to the issues, both cultural and business that are going on at the club. And we allow them a chance to kind of answer the questions uh, thoughtfully and give them plenty of time to do that. I, I think that those questionnaires go a long way as to showing the board, uh, not only people's writing styles, but really their thinking styles and how they would approach issues. Uh, beyond that, we spend a tremendous amount of time making sure the candidates get to spend time with the board search committee and the key department heads. That's really where we figure out whether or not the, the fit is, is good. Uh, when you get to the, when, for us, for the firm, when you get down to the two final candidates for a club, for a GM position, for example, they're going to go back and spend the entire day at the club, getting to know the board better, the search committee. And in my estimation, the most important group, the key department heads, right? Uh, they're going to get to know, you know, what they need, where they need help, where they don't need help. Uh, they're going to get to know each and every one of those key staffers. I think really for us, that's where the cultural fit starts to come out. Nice. Uh, we understand after that day, both people typically can do the job and would do it well, but I think that's where we're really zero in on the culture. So what you can do as a candidate is just be yourself. 
you know, bring your A game, show, be, be honest and, uh, about how you're going to lead, how you like to lead, uh, how you're going to bring people together. Uh, the, the most important thing they want to hear from a department head is that you're someone that could bring the team together, break down the silos that are almost always exist at a club between the key departments and bring everyone together for one purpose and, and make sure that you're an advocate for your department heads to the committees and board, um, you know, uh, honest integrity, those things are always key underlined words when it comes to good cultural fit. Nice. People want to work for someone they believe in. Yes, well said again. Now, let's let's flip it around a little bit. What are GMs looking for in their next club, Tom? Well, uh, the one thing that we're seeing more and more, is, which is good, is the same, th- same thing as managers now understand just because it's a great job, it doesn't mean it's a good fit for them. They have to get in and make sure that the cultural fit is is the same if it works for them. Uh, does the team fit the mold? Does the board think strategically or are they going to be more involved in the day-to-day operations? There's nothing more difficult for a manager that's had uh, their club running in a very strong governance manner where they've been making all the operational decisions and the board has been uh, very, very uh, strategic focus, but then you go to a club that may have a better name or a bigger gross dollar volume, but uh, the board and the committees are really into the operations. That's a very difficult transition for a manager who's coming from uh, a, a better governance model <laughs> yeah. to g- go back to. So they, you really have to make sure that the governance model fits. Uh, it, it, it can always get better, but it has to be close to what you're used to. Uh, you have to feel comfortable now more than ever. There's got to be uh, a work-life balance or what, if there's not work-life balance, there's at least got to be synergy between your home life and your work life. And so you've got to figure that out during the interview process, make sure that their expectations of you visibility wise are going to l- align with your commitments to your family and the other things in your life besides work. That's really important. Uh, more than anything though, it's, it's really you know, can I work with the team? Can I work with this board? And is the governance model one that I could come in and be successful? Uh, the, the number one thing we're always asked from a candidate before they take a job is what would I have to do in my first year to be viewed from the membership and the team as a success? And, and good clubs uh, and part, part of what we do is help clubs really define that, you know, sure. r- write it down and clearly articulate it to the to the new manager and that way they have goals that they could you know tape to their desktop and you know get to work on uh because everybody if you're going to make a big change and potentially move your family you want to know that you what you have to do to go there and be successful yeah yeah well said and there's got to be some synergy with the existing team the staff at the club as you mentioned earlier so what what types of red flags would you be looking for if you were a general manager going into a new club or or what types of uh good things would you be looking for in the team? Well, I think, you know, when we see a team that's, uh, we are always excited when we get to, we sit and interview the team prior to uh, getting started with the search. And the one thing we never like to hear is when a team says, we don't really know what, what a general manager do, or if we need one, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it doesn't happen often, but it has happened. Wow. Uh, But more, the, the more positive experiences and our more typical experiences when they say, you know what, we, we really need some leadership. We need someone that can bring us together. We are great individually, 
but we need somebody to kind of bring us together and orchestrate this orchestra. Uh, and you hear that more often than you think. And it's, it's always kind of a box in my head that I check off and say, well, this team is very well balanced. They know what they know. They're self-aware enough to know that they're very good at their specific job, but they're, they, they can't run the club. Um, so, so that's one thing. What, so if, if we were to share with candidates that they, they don't know why they need a general manager, that's probably a red flag. Sure. Another red flag is, um, when the candidates do get a chance to interview with the staff is all they talk about are the things that they need specifically in their one area, mm. their issues, mm-hmm. rather than having a more holistic approach to what the team needs. Uh, that's typically something that uh, is a red flag for candidates. What you want, you don't ever want a, a department head that's the, your first day as a new general manager that's going to come in and dump all their problems on your desk and walk <laughs> <Right>. away. <laughs> you know, you want someone that's going to give you a, a few months to get acclimated, learn learn the club, and then slowly help you get acclimated, but also slowly start to tell you the things that they're going to need to be more successful. Uh, the folks that come in day one and say, don't worry about my department. Um, that's a flag or the folks that come in day one and say, um, you know, here are all my problems. You get paid the big bucks, figure it out. <laughs> uh, both of those things have happened and they're typical, uh, typically red flags. The, the, the good news is the one thing I've been impressed about over the five years with the firm is great leaders are almost never afraid of the challenges that they might face at a, at a club. It's not very common other than retirement that if there is a GM, a GM change, that it, it's because something's not going perfectly. Right. Uh, so most of the time, people aren't going into ideal situations. But we've found the great leaders in this industry take that challenge and are excited by it and take it on, you know, head first. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Now, one stat I hear, and you can confirm this or uh, tell me otherwise, but the average tenure of a general manager is it still like two and a half years, Tom? I think it's up. We've we've uh, heard from Club Benchmarking and the CMAA that it, we think it's just under four years now, which is still not long enough. Right. Um, and we and we still think there's some correlation between that and board, uh, you know, their timeline on uh, on a board cycle. Yeah. We do think there's something to be said for the sure. fact that in the three years after you're hired. Everybody, everybody that was on the board that hired you is now no longer on the board potentially. Right. Uh, uh, so we'd like to get that up. As a firm, we're we're almost double the slightly under four year average in our placements, uh, and, and we think a lot of that is because we spend a lot of time with the club, making sure that their governance is right, making sure they know what they're supposed to be doing and what the GM's supposed to be doing, and making sure there's measurable um, goals. For each group, yeah, uh, we find that if a club can keep this board strategic and the manager is on top of the operations, um, the, the tenure tends to be much longer. Yeah, I, and you guys do a great job. I've I've been to uh, uh, some of uh, Kurt's educational sessions and um, Dick's, of course, over at CMAA pre-conference does a great sure. job every year. Both of them, and I'm, you're probably involved in that now as well, but. Um, so education is definitely at the forefront, but I just want to talk to you about why, because I just think this is one of the, a huge issue, right? Like how can you move a club forward or enact a plan or really think strategically if the 
time frame of <laughs> of your tenure is so short. And I'd just love for you to talk about how how if you think that that's a problem, and then what can be done to solve that. Is it is it literally just a governance problem, and it can can that be solved? I think it's two it's two pronged issue. I think one of it, the most important is getting the governance correct. I think that when your governance is correct and it's running well, the the person uh, on the property that really is the consistency year over year is the general manager. Um, if you don't have that consistency and your board terms are one year, two years, three years, you're constantly having change. Uh, the other thing that really helps with that issue is strategic plans. Um, you know, we're, it's, we're always surprised and it's getting better and better every day in this industry, but for a club to not have a strategic plan, uh, really it's, it's like if you were a business owner and you didn't have a business plan, uh, right. very few board members, when we do board retreats, put their hands up and say, I operate a successful business, but we don't have a, a business plan. Uh, <laughs> a lot of clubs operate without a strategic plan and without a strategic plan, uh, you really don't have anything to measure yourself as a board against or as a general manager. We find that clubs that have good governance and a solid strategic plan that they revisit on a monthly basis at the board meetings and really stick to the strategy and the focus and the mission and the vision of what they've set out to do. Uh, those clubs have longer tenure management and have more success yeah. uh, because it doesn't matter who's on the board, who the president is, it, even who the general manager is. There's structure. There's been a pr an approved plan, and it's just a matter of everybody working together to accomplish the goals laid out in the strategic plan. Without a strategic plan to keep your yourself on track, and without uh, good governance to keep the the volunteer, the non-paid volunteers, the members out of the day-to-day -day operations, it's very difficult. Uh, to have success and consistency like you spoke about. Yeah, exactly. And and I'll even go a little bit further to say that I've been to so many clubs recently that don't even have a mission and vision statement. You brought up both of those as well. And again, how do you get into a cultural fit if you don't know what the mission and the vision of the club actually is? That that's So I think all clubs really need to be looking at that immediately, those three items, you know, having a clear mission, vision, set of core values for the club, as well as a, a strong strategic plan in place, so everybody is on yeah, and, is on board. And, and getting back to what you mentioned earlier, what are what are good candidates looking for? It's not to say they wouldn't go work for a club without a strategic plan, but they most good candidates aren't going to go work at a club that isn't committed to at least developing a strategic plan. It's not uncommon to go to a club that doesn't have one, unfortunately, but there has to be a commitment uh, by the board that yes, we do need a strategic plan so that we know where we're going and how we want to get there. Uh, so that is another thing that good candidates are, are often asking about, you know, where are we on a, the strategic plan? If you don't have one, are you willing to in the next year get one done? Or if you have one, is it collecting dust on the shelf or is it a, a living document that is visited frequently? Right. Yep, exactly. Well, let's get into uh, what Copland, Keebler, and Wallace has going on right now. I'm sure you have some executive searches out there or, or some educational sessions coming up. What should people be looking out for? Sure. Well, we'll be uh, doing some we'll be doing some food and beverage uh, talks at the PGA show, uh, the summer PGA show in Las Vegas in August. Uh, we're we're we do about a hundred board retreats a year, so we're doing a lot of those at clubs. 
uh, you know, helping them with their governance. And those are ongoing. I'm leaving today to, uh, to go to Erie, Pennsylvania, to do one for a club. And uh, I know Kurt did uh, a, tr- a staff training yesterday down in Florida. So we're we're probably doing anywhere from uh, 250 to 300 firm-wide education sessions uh, throughout a year, whether it be, you know, several over a one-day period or, like I said, really the board retreats have b- become more and more popular as managers have realized that, that that's just a key thing for their board to be in li- their board governance to be in line for them to be successful. Yeah. And we've got lo- lots of great searches going on. We've got... Uh, a lot going on out on the West Coast. We have Menlo Circus Club, Shady Canyon, uh, Lake Merced, uh, Golf Club. All of those are open now. We also Green Hills, uh, which is right out. So we have three right in the Bay Area that are uh, have just come on board. We have several really good PGA professional jobs uh, that have just become open, including the Landings uh, and Woodfield Country Club. So very busy time. Lisa's got several uh executive chef, chef searches. So uh, everybody's busy. It's one of those yeah. things where um, there's no downtime anymore, uh, where there used to be Dick and Kurt tell me there are a couple pockets, a couple months every year where things kind of slowed down, but they said it hasn't been like that for five or six years. I think clubs have such a short runway uh, to get their club running well that uh, they're making decisions and changes quick more quickly mm-hmm. if they don't think they have the right people in place. Yeah, absolutely. I think the economy also might probably play a role in that as well. Now, if you're a board uh, looking to work with you guys, obviously there's other search firms out there in the industry. What makes you guys unique and how do they get in touch with you? Our website's the best place. It's just uh, the letter K, the letter K, the word and and W. So KKNW.com is the best way to get in touch with us. And I think what separates us is uh, one of the things I've always been impressed about is I think uh, the three partners have all worked uh, for a long time as general managers in some pretty high expectation clubs. Uh, I think our process has been uh, tried and tested and we're very process driven Uh, I also think um, that we have a deep reach into the industry. I think we're committed to, I think one of the things that attracted me so much to uh, Copeland and Keebler at the time was that their commitment to giving back to the industry. And, you know, we don't charge for educations for chapters and we spend a lot of time getting to know managers and uh, young managers that are going to either CMAA uh, BMIs or uh, young managers that are student chapters that would go and speak to. So I think we have a really good reach, great process. Um, and, and last but not least is, you know, Dick Coplin takes great pride in being able to go back to any club that we've done work with and having great relationships and being part of their family ongoing. Uh, and, and that's something I really think is Dick's legacy. Every, I, I've been with Dick at so many club visits where he did a search 15, 20 years ago, and they still remember him, and they're still thankful for the time and efforts that he's put in to make sure they continue to be successful over the years. Wow, what a testimony. How about for general managers who want to get in touch with you guys and maybe see if um, they're a fit for some of the clubs you're conducting searches for? Yeah, absolutely. We love to get those calls. We're Obviously, our website's a good spot, kknw.com, but also we are on the CMA website. All of our jobs are posted there. Uh, so you can go on and click a few links and figure out which one of us is in charge of the search. 
and then reach out to us directly. Our cell phones and uh, office phones and emails are there. I would suggest that's the best way to, you know, read the read the profile, see if you think it's a good fit, and then give us a call and we can get into more specifics. That's fantastic. Again, that website's KK and like spell it out A N D W dot com. Definitely check out Copland Keyboard Wallace and Tom. Thanks so much for joining us here on Private Club Radio and sharing your insights with us. You got it. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Well, that's going to do it for this week here on Private Club Radio. Don't forget, pick up those free two chapters over at plutonium.club. Have a good week. I'll catch you back next time. Until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.